I needed to get my life back on track, Riley. For that, I needed a fresh start. Mr. Sumner, new English teacher. I want to be someone you can talk to about anything. Are you waiting on Dad? Or should I say Mr. Sumner? Making friends? I'm Kyla, by the way. I'm Riley. I'm a fan. Tat, that was just the first day. The boys here are just boys. I'm gonna be in a relationship with someone. I want it to be someone who's mature enough to handle it. Good luck finding that in high school. I know what I want. So it seems. Well, is there a Mrs. Sumner? There was. I was so broken when your mom left. I've been so empty. Not the first time I've seen a naked man. Being a husband, parent, teacher. When do you get to just be a man? How could you do this? This is too much. You used me. You seduced my dad. My dad promised me he'll stay away from me for good. You are not taking him away from me. Look at me. This is it, Kyla. We're done. For good. There's only room for one woman in his life. And it's gonna be me. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-D-A-M-Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. I think the one thing from this barbecue weekend that I noticed, I just don't think I can eat as much as I used to be able to. Like, I had, like, a burger, a couple hot dogs, and I'm just like, eh, yeah, I'm good. I don't need the chicken. I don't need the sides. (laughs) I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to keep pounding, stuffing my face all day. It was weird. Mm. You're one step closer to veganism. Yeah. Join the dark side, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad thing, I guess, Mark, not no, being guess. able to eat until you're sick and want to kill yourself. Yeah. To quote a comedian who shall not be named, he oh, no. made it. <laughs> it's Louis C.K. Um, oh, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately breaks his own rule. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want you to think it was anybody really terrible, like even worse than him. Mm. Um, uh, but the he, short uh, list. yeah, right. short list, yes. But there, there was a chance. He made the joke that his, his doctor asked him if he ate until he was full. And he was like, no, I, ate, I eat until I hate myself. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> which which uh, checks out for the way I used to eat probably through my 20s. I, so I, I making that understood. turn now makes my change to, you know, working out and doing some healthy things a lot easier. That's go. awesome. And I, I, was, I was telling my wife this. I, I don't understand how, like, why can't I eat like that? Because I, I eat like a bird, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, oh, poor, poor Dan can't gain any weight. But yeah, like it's, I, it's a hard time. I don't understand how how to do it. Yeah, 
I wish I had that type of an appetite sooner. It saved me a lot of hard work I have to do now. <laughs> we need to switch a little bit, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Feel bad for Dan on this one. Yeah. Yep. That's what for I was Dan. going for when I started yeah. this. Dan. <laughs> World's well, largest really violin that. for Dan on this one. Wow. <laughs> 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 Help me, I can't gain weight in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, I, I realize <laughs> I'm in the minority when it comes to this problem. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying I'm trying to, to gain weight, all right? I'm sorry. I, your I wall, your wallet's too small for your 50s and your diamond shoes are too tight? <laughs> I think that that's what it might be. It's just like you, you can't have that. Where you where you eat a lot and not spend a lot, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Because I, I I'm su- I'm such a tight wad. Where it's like, <laughs> well, I I want to I, I should be eating a lot of dense foods, but I don't know, man. I just I, you know I don't want to spend ten dollars. Good lord. All right. Well, as we do every week, we talk about what we've watched this week. So why don't we do that? Let's start with Mark. Mark, what did you watch this week? Ah, so really excited about this one, Ant. <laughs> I actually I finally listened to you. And I watched Shorzy. I watched the entire season today. There you uh, go. It's really good. I texted you that within the first five minutes, I was crying laughing at the opening bit of the hockey, people talking hockey panel, mm-hmm. just because they kept intercutting it with things Shorzy would do. And it was just, I was cackling every single time it cut to him. For as much of a comedy as it is, I was really like emotionally invested in that last episode. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, like they do such a good job with the writing and building up all the characters and really giving them a good separate personality instead of I could distinctively know what each person was going to do in reaction to something, which I believe is good good writing. I really enjoyed the the back and forth. You could tell that some of it was ad libbed. My my favorite part that absolutely had to be ad libbed was when uh, Shorzy kept mentioning musicals when they mm-hmm. met the gyms for the first time. Yeah, and it was just it, they just probably kept the camera roll and they just kept doing different lines with different musicals in it, and it made me laugh each time. But as I said to you, I think my favorite part of the entire show was his interactions with the high schoolers when he was the referee. Sure, I I laughed every single time, like when they were making fun of him for the the uh, team name thing, and he just took it. Yeah, and he was like he was like, yeah, I I fucking know it's stupid, so I'm just taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the just the real quick-witted stuff was good and this is probably the most canadian show i've watched in that it gets a lot of the little quirks about canada that i know of or think of down even the fact of a hockey player no matter how good looking he is will get the most unbelievably gorgeous women to <laughs> want to date him if you look at a lot of the nhlers they get a lot of canadian actresses and models and stuff that you would be like him really they they play it up for like big time joke with the the French Canadian guy with the beard and the bald head, but they even slightly in a smaller scale play it up with the young kid fish, where mm-hmm. uh, Shorzy mentions all these like really hot uh, women from the town just going out on dates with him, and it's just really just just little nuanced things of that for people as you said that love hockey, um, would get those little little tiny things, and and a lot of the terminology obviously that whole. Um, the retrospective on all that stuff in the opening um, where they're mentioning players and different types of hits and all. Yeah, it, it's really, really well done. I don't think you need to really watch Letter Kenny to get it. It's not like one of those where you got to, oh, I have to get the humor first because I haven't watched any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they get they get hockey a lot better than something like Goon, which I really love. 
But this, like I said, this gets the, the little things right in, in terms of minor, like that level of hockey. She's just guys who just can't give up the ghost on playing yeah. hockey. And then I, I love the real joke about the Dutch farm boys where there's eight players all of the same name on a team. Yeah, go, go watch it if you like hockey. You'll really love it. And I did like the one final thought on it. I'm a man that loves callbacks in the middle. So every so often when they would do the same, you know, joke would come up again, um, mm. especially the one about Mark Michaels, wife. It made me laugh all the time because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, they they would give them shit about that. <laughs> but yeah, highly recommend it. I'm glad you told me to watch it. I couldn't like literally like about the fifth episode ended about like a little over an hour before we started recording um, this podcast. And I'm like, can I go through with the sixth one? How long is it? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Anthony will understand if I need to delay a little bit <laughs> for this. So I, I finished it off. Let this be a lesson to anybody. I don't miss when it comes to recommendations. Especially so. to me. Yep. So if I recommend something to you, watch it, you fucker. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, what about you? And I skipped you first because I know we're going to have the same thing to talk about. So what did yeah. you watch this week? Yeah. Like you said, we're, we were kind of talking about it off the recording. I only watched the second volume or volume two of Stranger Things season four. And I enjoyed it overall. I thought this was a very good season. Not a lot of slow parts in it couple storylines I probably could have done without. And the two and a half hour finale was, was a thing. I, I'd rather they not do that again. <laughs> but overall, I, I liked it. I, I can't think of a show where I like pretty much every character that's in it. And I, I think they've done, the uh, the Duffer brothers have done a very good job at handling so many characters and so many storylines. I, I kind of likened it to uh, Lord of the Rings in a way. And I, I know it's obviously heavily influenced off of fantasy. They play D&D and, uh, and a lot of other. And I, I kind of thought, you know, you have the breaking of the fellowship, as it were, in this, where a group is across the country. Another, the, the main, some of the main group is in uh, Hawkins still. And then you have a third group who are in Russia. So you have this big divide. And it, it was cool to see how they kind of all plan differently and how, I guess, through, uh, you know, Ex Machina, it helps each other somehow, mm -hmm. right? Where you have a group who's in a different continent somehow helping the, the main group in Hawkins What that is helping the other group that's in California or on their way from California. It's just very strange. There, there were definitely some some plot armor here and there, but overall, there's some epic moments, a lot of touching moments. I, I I think this was definitely one of my favorites. I agree. I really liked a lot. Uh, I think the the first season super strong, obviously. I think the second second season is probably the weakest. Not helped out by that one episode. I think we all know what we're talking about, where the, she goes to Detroit for a a backdoor um, pilot that they tried to get off the ground. But it ended. I remember season two ending well. I really liked the third season from what I remember, which is at this point, it's not much that I remember in it, but I remember liking it a lot. But yeah, this this fourth season is really strong. They seem to ha do pretty well at kind of giving each character something to do. I think the one holdout of that, uh, we're talking off podcast, Mike has become one of the least interesting characters. Uh, and he started off the show as the basically the lead. So it's 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 fascinating to be like, all right, well, this kid 
who everyone really liked in season one is now kind of very passive in the overall story. So that's fascinating. But the show really does a great job of like bringing bringing us characters and us still, you know, liking them, not not going through that like whole add a kid kind of scenario where it's like, oh, I can't believe they added another character. And now, you know, they're going to try and shove this character down our throat. Everybody that they've added has been such a welcome addition, you know, between Eddie Munson this year, who was, you know, one of my favorite characters, I think, in television in a really long time to Maya Hawk's character, Robin, who's really good and really fun, really enjoyed the season. I really I liked a lot of the finale. I did not necessarily care for the sort of anticlimactic part of it where we just jump forward two days and people are, you know, we miss all of that. So that was kind of weird. But I think for the daunting task of ha- making me sit through a two and a half hour season finale, which, you know, I've gone on record this this podcast a thousand times. It's like a hundred minutes is the perfect length of a movie. A hundred minutes is too long for an episode, but doing it like I watched six and a half hours of it on Sunday after recovering from just too much socialization over the holiday weekend really needed to recharge the batteries. So from like three o'clock to 10 o'clock, I was just watching stranger things on the couch, but yeah, I really liked it. I feel like this could have been the last season though. I feel like with all this culmination, all this two and a half hour finale, feel like that could have been an ending. But you know what? I'll tune back in and watch the fifth season too. Really strong season, I would say. Great soundtrack too. Great soundtrack. Obviously, the Kate Bush song uh, played heavily throughout the season. And then we got some Metallica for the last one, which was great. One of the best scenes in the show. Mark, it was even if I know, Mark, you don't watch this. Watch that scene. It's epic yeah it's great and just the end it like when they after after that scene and they the character the two characters can process what just happened was a lot of fun too mm-hmm. we were like that was the most metal thing ever <laughs> right in, in the face of impending death and they're like that was metal <laughs> it, it, it almost felt like a, a bill and ted moment yeah yeah, yeah. Th- those two were great. Those two characters were great. And if you watch the show, you know exactly what we're talking about. But man, they had so much fun in that scene. And, and, and then what follows after that is it, it goes from fun to heartbreaking. It, it, it spans a lot of emotions, the finale, which I think is it's such a, a, a good, uh, it's a, a ringing endorsement of what they've done so far. Yeah, I enjoy myself. And that's all I watched. That's all I had time to watch besides this week's movie. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break and you guys list some ads and we're going to be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was my pick. And I went with a movie that I had watched about four years ago. I watched with my wife. She's the one that put it on. So we can blame her for this. But in a kick, her revenge. For last week? Her revenge. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess about four years ago, we got kind of got into watching some Lifetime E thrillers that pop up on Netflix. And one of them kind of outshined the rest. At least to me, it did. (laughs) And that movie was a 2018 release called My Teacher, My Obsession. And I think the last half hour of this movie is a masterpiece, man. I think this is hilarious. And it goes to crazy Michael Myers level horror moments. Our, Our main character 
just goes completely off the deep end. I love her for it. She's an icon. Kyla, my spirit animal. Yeah, it's this movie starts off thinking that you're going to wind up on a list for watching it. And then it just goes. Okay. They make it very clear immediately that you will not be on. A list. <laughs> yes, they put all that format, the legality, they lay it out all on the table. Make let you make sure that it's OK to watch. <laughs> but yeah. My teacher, my obsession. I want to know where you guys are coming from. This Dan, where? What about you? Where you come from? My, my teacher, my obsession. Um, well, just to preface this, I must have said "dear Lord" around <laughs> twenty times this movie. <laughs> Any time Kayla was around, I was like, "Oh dear Lord, what is she doing?" And <laughs> yeah, the, my my level of surprise was it, it knew no bounds. Yeah, this movie. I, I thought it was going to be. When when I saw the title, I was like, okay, well, pretty clearly it's going to be a a teenager trying to bang their teacher. Got it. But then the opening, it 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 has horror tones to it. It's like, oh, is this gonna be is she a slasher? Is the is the main one of the main characters a slasher? Oh, this is interesting. And yeah, they they give a, a bunch of twists and turns throughout this movie. I, I was I felt bad for the teacher, Chris. And then immediately, or not immediately, but down the line, he becomes a scumbag. And <laughs> then I don't like Chris. I didn't know what to think a lot in this movie. <laughs> sure. I didn't, yeah, it, it was really confusing at times. I, I questioned myself. What would I have done in this situation? I wasn't happy with my answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was, yeah, this this was a dark, dark movie. and. I remember I was watching it with Jen and towards the end, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, this is going to be like stalked by my doctor series where Kyle is going to get away. She's going to blame it somehow on somebody. She's going to get away. She's going to get away. And then she slits the janitor's throat. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't think she's getting away with this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it leaves off on a weird cliffhanger. Oh, I, man, I, I will say this. I did have way more fun watching this movie than I thought I was going to have. So that's a plus. And I am very excited to get into this movie because this, like I said, it's so many twists and turns. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan should have taken a note from this movie. This is how you do it, man. (laughs) Right. Mark, what about you? Where are you coming from? Yeah, so I I think I I mentioned to you that early on, this movie was severely lacking Eric Roberts. Just the goofiness of his performances at least let those early setup moments be a little more fun. But yeah, the latter half of this movie is off the rails, ridiculous. I think the only person that comes out sort of unscathed might be Kyla's mother, question mark? The the daughter kind of makes some iffy choices near the end. The moment that that Kyla turned it up from zero to 100, when she yelled at her mother, I love, we're in love. Um, <laughs> sure. I was just like, oh, oh, that that went quickly. It was fun once the the switch turned. And yeah, they they made it immediate right off the fact. I think it was the first 10 minutes of the movie, maybe less, where she was like, oh, I'm 18. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see what's going to happen later. (laughs) So we're not supposed to hate the dad. Got it. You know, that he's making sure that we know he didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. But this movie, as as Dan said, was, was fun. It was fun to watch, a little slow to start. I think my main gripe with it was that it was way too obvious that she was the crazy one 
in the situation and that nobody picked up on it until the very end. Even as she was becoming like the protective friend, you would think Riley would have been like, hold on a second. You know, the other girl's just being a mean girl. You're you're being you're being kind of like strained about this right. whole talking to her thing. But yeah, all I can say is I look forward to my teacher, my obsession too, and <laughs> covering it in the podcast. Yes. One thing I love about this movie is our lead, our teacher, Rusty Joyner, which is excellent name, by the way. Fantastic. Name. <laughs> he seems to have short term memory loss because there are there are scenes back to back to back after the in the second half of this movie where after Kyla makes a pass at him that he is so surprised when she makes the next pass at him the next day. Yeah. She, so like the first the first time she comes on to him, she straddles him in his car and just plants a really hard thesis statement on him. Just really gives it a go. And then the next day he goes to school like it didn't happen. He is so full of energy, too. He's like, I'm ready yeah. to teach these kids, man. Yeah. And just like like nothing has happened. And she kisses him again. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, this didn't happen the night before. Like, you shouldn't have been like, we really need to talk about what you did last night. We can't do that. I can get fired. I don't care that you're 18. I can't have a relationship with the student. But I wrote, this dude, <laughs> this dude has, he's just, he's just willing to give her a stern talking to, like a, a really hard, no, don't do that, Kyla. Don't put your hands down my pants, Kyla, but has... No intention of stopping her. <laughs> he he doesn't fight back at all. Yeah, and it's I don't want a victim blame because you know technically she sexually assaults him. You know basically, but this also yeah. kind of if you read this movie as this guy's testimony in the oncoming deposition, this sounds like his side of the story. It's like oh yeah. she was coming on to me. I told her no. What was I gonna? What could I do? <laughs> so, like, bullshit, dude. You could have immediately reported this instead of just like accept a back massage during your your daughter's 18th birthday. <laughs> they they do uh, they make a point to show how Jack Chris is. He's in great shape. Overpower yep. her, man. Just not even overpower her. Just move her. She just, weighs 110 pounds. Yeah. Just get out of the room. Right. Just stand up and walk out. <laughs> Tell her to get out of your car when she's obviously making a pass at you 30 seconds before she mounts you. And and that's when I stopped rooting for this guy. It's like, you, you feel bad for him. Oh, you know, the wife was cheating on him. He had to move. But then I'm like, all right, well, man, I mean, you, you weren't fighting this. You kind of wanted it, that means. And now I can't root for you anymore because <laughs> you wanted to bang an 18-year-old. Not cool. Yeah, that's my favorite part of this is just his his just forgetting that it happened before. Like every every time it happens, it's like a brand new thing. This is a new development. <laughs> I I wrote down who got more doomy vibes in, in class, Chris or Indiana Jones? Oh, yeah, because uh, not only not only uh, not only Kyla, but Trisha's is in full court press, right? Yeah, landed on pretty thick. <laughs> Uh, this is a funny one. <laughs> I think what seals it for me is the fight, quote unquote, with Trisha. 
when she starts beating the <laughs> shit out of herself. <laughs> he pulls a liar liar. Yeah, she kicks her own ass and then breaks her own fingers. And and again, Chris knows. Chris and Ky- or, uh, Riley know. Riley is Chris's daughter. They know that she's a manipulating woman. She's manipulative. And they immediately side with her. Yeah. No questions asked. Everyone believes Kyla at every turn. It's I, hilarious. I, like I even at the get it. Even after the whole thing, you're the mom when she goes to visit her in the hospital, she's like, Well, I guess you were telling the truth about Trisha. <laughs> Poor oh. Trisha. Trisha's gonna go away for like two years. Oh, by the way, I call bullshit that Trisha got scholarships. All right. <laughs> she she specifically mentions to uh Kyla that because of her meddling, Trisha lost all her scholarships to college. I sincerely doubt that. I don't know. Maybe she had the uh, the bursar's office wrapped around her finger. It's a good point, right? <laughs> She's talked about that at the beginning of the, of the movie where she, she gets whatever she wants in a very provocative way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... I, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that she's struck a deal with somebody. She never mentions if she's 18. I would assume, right? I mean, she's going to college. Right. Unless she's like a, a genius graduating <laughs> ahead of her time. But sure. um, I, I wrote down that I, I was hoping that at the end, this would have just been a revenge story for, for Riley because Chris trashed the Beatles in class. <laughs> and this was like, I'll show him, make fun of the Fab Four. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I'm going to ruin your life now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is a wild one. I enjoyed yeah. myself immensely. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a diamond in the rough kind of movie for us because it, it has all the makings of a lifetime suspense movie or what, you know, like a jilted lover kind of thing. But it really, it really has fun with it. It really presses into the absurdity and just throws caution to the wind. And I love how, the, again, I've said it on the podcast, I'd rather you swing for the fence and and, and miss than play it safe. And they, they swing for the fence. Yeah. That whole ending is so good because you could see, like you see Kyla, like sneaking behind Riley, like she, like she's fucking Michael Myers, like <laughs> yeah. The, and she walks the way she walks down the stairs is very Michael Myers esque, right? Just uh, Riley is running, and also I have a thing with Riley because uh, so Kyla stabs Riley with a, uh, a what was it, like a surgical knife, yeah, very small, like maybe an inch, and Riley acts as if she was just shot 10 times <laughs> she's crawled around the hallway right she's, like she's on ice right she, she's in vietnam like just trying to <laughs> to get away you know oh, she's just been hit and then they show the scar afterwards and it's like tiny a tiny not even an inch long it's like tiny tiny like oh her her massive battle wound yeah my gallbladder scars are, are bigger than that <laughs> i would assume because it's a scalpel stab wound that it might be slightly smaller. Yeah, yeah but... it's tiny, but she really, Mark, she really plays it up. And you like, oh, yeah. saw crawling around on the ground like she, like, <laughs> like she was just run through with a machete. Yeah, she's crawling yeah. around like DiCaprio on Quaaludes in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> like all of a sudden, she just has no use of her legs. But then she gets up magically. Like, yeah. you know, now I'm, I just realized, oh, this is nothing. I'm, I'm okay. I think I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. With with this whole end, trying to go for the scary movie vibe, I think you guys had already mentioned it, but I like the quick thing where she, like, juts behind her and, like, mm-hmm. 
across the classrooms in the yeah. dark sort of thing. I I was I think you were supposed to be scared or worried, but I was laughing more um, sure. throughout the end here, especially uh, the scene where she has the the scalpel to his throat and all the over the top acting and line delivery from Kyla's actress there, and it was just that girl was having a lot of fun doing yeah. that scene. I mean, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's an icon. There's so many scenes that like made me laugh just besides all the ones we've already mentioned where after the party and after they've been caught where he was full tilt going to fuck Kyla if Riley hadn't walked in. Absolutely. <laughs> she's way, she's just in their house and she picks up a, a picture of Riley and then she's just like, you're not going to come between us. And she throws the picture <laughs> on the floor. I was laughing at that. I'm laughing at the head at the uh, him falling and hitting his head, smacking his head on the on the desk when she kicks him. Oh no, Chris! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny because he's so useless, man. He yeah, he's fi- oblivious. He finally like pushes her off of him and like he tosses her over the ta- the the desk, finally showing him like some sort of physicality. And then she just he goes to reach for the knife, but he just kicks her. He she kicks him and he just does a header like she knocked him out cold <laughs> and then he hits his head yeah he he was useless he he could do nothing right i think one of my favorite parts of the movie is when kylie comes over to it was or is it riley goes over to kylie's house or vice versa for the first time when they're getting to know each other i think it's kyla goes to riley's house so riley's his daughter yes. kyla is the the crazy girl okay so kyla goes over to riley Riley's house and yeah. Chris's house. So that's early on in the movie where Kyla is kind of feeling out the situation and she's prying into Riley's personal life. Oh, is there a, a Mrs. Sumner? This, that, and the other thing. So when Riley says that the mom isn't there anymore, you could see Kyla figuring out, okay, how am I going to fuck her dad? And <laughs> the, the machinations start and you you just see, and I love that she's already getting things go, like rolling. Okay, now's my chance to do this. And she's so like perfect. She, she's a cross between a Michael Myers and like a, a, a Blofeld, who's just this, <laughs> like, this evil genius who sets all these big things up. And it, it's almost like a Rube Goldberg in a way where this will knock down this, will knock down this. And she's 18 years old. She would be she she's wasting her talents as a photojournalist. She should just be into like espionage. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's got like a little bit of Sherrod Stone and basic instinct in her, right? Yeah. Oh, perfect example. <laughs> so my teacher, my obsession from 2018 was directed by Damien Romay. He's directed some movies, some classics such as A Model Kidnapping, Killer Cove. Dying for Motherhood, A Taste of Christmas, Killer Cover-Up, and Christmas in Pine Valley, among others. So he's another one of these guys that kind of makes a living making these uh, lifetime which, again, seems like a really solid career, right? Yeah. Unassuming career that you can make a, a living for yourself. Yeah, you know what you're getting yourself into with those movies, right? It's an easy paycheck, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah be- before you mentioned the second Christmas movie, I was going to say we need to do... A Taste of Christmas in December. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I don't know, that could go either way, right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's a. I hope it's similar to this movie. <laughs> but it stars Rusty Joyner, again, excellent name, Lucy Loken, Laura Bilgeri, Hannah Lee Hamblin, 
Alexandria DeBerry, Bruno Rose, Lestania Diaz, and David Dittmore has an IMDb score of 4.4 and a Rotten Tomato score of 26% audience. And there's no budget or box office because this was a Netflix film. Too low on Rotten Tomatoes. Should be higher. Yeah, yeah uh, this unless, was a good one. Unless if Kylo's mom was one, I'm, I'm upset that there's no um, old, like, has-been actor trying to be in this movie just randomly. Mm, who would you ca- Who would you put in? Like, if you had to recast Rusty... Rusty cunts, whatever it is. Rusty Joiner. He's got to be believable enough that like all the girls would want him. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. But uh, there's no, those people are too old. I was going to make a joke about like Scott Bayo and stuff like that Oof. entirely. Oh too yeah, I, I don't want any part of Scott Bayo either. Oh no, neither do I. But I'm trying to think, like, <laughs> like actors that were big at some point and were like heartthrobs. Mm-hmm. You know who I would pick? There we go. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I think is he a little too big? I, you know who I was thinking? I was thinking of uh, the kid from True Blood. It's not really a kid anymore. The kid that played oh, Jason. He, that's who I thought this was at first. <laughs> I was like, that looks like the guy from True Blood. I, and right. It's Sookie's brother, that's right? Sookie's brother, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's who I was thinking of. And that's probably the reason why. I was probably thinking that was him, too. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. He, he gives off that that vibe for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I like how clueless. Chris was in this. <laughs> he was so fucking clueless. It was because, incredible. And how can I want to put? See if you could put yourself in Riley's shoes. You you attend a school where everybody wants to fuck your dad. Yeah. Why is she in his class? That, Jen asked the same thing. You couldn't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a conflict of interest. No, no, no. Actually, I think that's okay because I did go to when I was in high school. My history teacher had a daughter in his class and huh. i i guess i guess it's okay but you would think so right like she's just gonna get an a but i don't know it does seem like especially for, especially for this movie it seems like a conflict of interest yeah. yeah and also the difference between history and english where english has got a little bit more objectivity to when you're grading papers right um, is needed um at least with history you can do cold hard facts you know yeah. On the mm-hmm. test. And right. This is a this is a core class. You need yeah. you need this one. Yeah. And I love how he was the doing that cool professor thing. Oh yeah. So he, he did everything but turn his chair backwards. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, if you ever need to talk to me about anything, I mean anything, I'm here at seven thirty AM. Yeah. We can rap. <laughs> and if you just want to jam, I used to be the basis for the pretenders. Oh man. <laughs> well, Riley, or not Riley, Kylo took out some of the uh, starch in his stuffed shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Probably uh, something else that was uh, pretty pretty stiff, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I like one, of, <laughs> one of the prevail, prevailing things in, on Letterboxd in terms of that scene about like their favorite music was that Kylo should definitely have been playing to Lana Del, playing Lana Del Rey, which I guess <laughs> Lana Del Rey is the songbird of psychotic girls. I guess is that what we we're, we're taking away? I guess that's, that's I, I, what I that's what Letterboxd is uh, is telling me. Maybe I should research more Lana Del Rey music. I think Letterboxd would lie to us. <laughs> I don't think so. Also, there was also a prevailing theme of that. Uh, this movie was for the gays, for um, Riley and Kyla's relationship. Oh, that would have been a good twist. Mm-hmm. I, I was really disappointed because they were talking about again. Letterboxd mentioned uh, Riley Reed's origin yeah. story yeah i don't know who that is oh well i, I think yeah, i'm gonna 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's IMDB her, gang. See what see what comes up. Oh, nothing comes up. I don't know. <laughs> Whoops. No, I but I was disappointed because I thought when the main characters I thought the main character would be Riley. I'm like, oh okay, well that makes sense. But but Riley in this movie is a square and probably the least likable character. Is is Riley the least li- likable character in this in this movie? To me, I think so. Because at least Kyla, like you have fun seeing how crazy she is. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that Kyla is the least likable character. I mean, I think at the very least Chris is least, is less likable. He's so stupid that it's <laughs> it's so fun to watch him. <laughs> but Riley's done but Riley's done absolutely nothing wrong. Sure. But <laughs> And well, she's trying to she's actually trying to make friends with other people. That's true. She's but not she a takes, square. All right. So I think the one reason I don't like her is at one point her and Kyla are talking in the photo lab or the computer lab. Mm-hmm. And Kyla admits that she was basically banging the history teacher. And like she, she didn't want Riley to, to run away from her. At that moment, if you're Riley, you got to go see a latersville. You gotta go. That's immediate. See you later, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, this movie has a perspective that Kyla is crazy, right? Correct. But in the real world, and one that doesn't have like arch villains like Kyla, who again, iconic. We love. We stand, Kyla. Wait um, a minute. <laughs> and let me finish. That's not true. The the. The teacher from history would have been taking advantage of one of his students. If she, as if she's not eighteen at that point, it's rape, right? Yes. In the real world, that's what that's how these stories go. It's not yeah. some conniving eighteen-year-old that gets the better of a man. It's a a literature teacher that takes advantage of his student that doesn't have a dad and and rapes her, you know, or sexually assaults her, or you know, just uses his his influence to groom her. That's how these stories go in real life. This is not a true, a true story, a true version of how these events take place. So, and and her way of convincing him is by constantly saying, "Be a man." Yeah. Don't you want to be a man? Yeah, and just touching him, which he doesn't stop from happening. <laughs> no, because <laughs> he I, wants to be a man, man. Yeah, I agree, but I I, I can't, and I, you know, usually I, I agree with you on things. I and I can. I can stand her as a murderer because that's fucking crazy. And I love the way she she kind of pulled everything off again. Evil genius. I love it. I can't get behind her and say she's like this icon because she's 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 too she's too manipulative as 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 I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this in the real world. If this were to happen, she's ruining this guy's life, right? And she, she's like, she's doing it on purpose. It's not, he's not taking advantage of her. She's manipulating him because he's a, he's a doofus. Again, in the, in the way the story unfolds, that is how it happens. However, right. this man has autonomy. He does. He knows, he knows anything that transpires between the two is wrong, can cost him his job. So my, my, I don't feel bad for him. There are plenty of uh, opportunities that he could stop things from happening where he could say, stop, please exit my vehicle. And then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to report it to the school immediately. It said, hey, 
this student came on to me. I am reporting this because I don't want to lose my job. Please remove her from my classroom. This guy didn't even take her hands from out from under his shirt. Yeah, <laughs> he I, just I, said, no, we can't do this. And I, I, I don't like, know. Like, why is it made that she is so powerful? Because right? she's she, horny. She but she, <laughs> she's fooled Chris, her mother, Riley. She's she's pretty much fooled everybody. Everybody but Trisha. Everyone Trisha but Trisha. Knows. Trisha knows. She's really the hero of this movie. <laughs> she's the unsung hero, but yes. We also stand Trisha. We can stand that, two. Yeah, we that can stand one, two I, opposing forces. I stand Trisha more than <laughs> Kyla because Trisha's life was ruined. So I can't... So that, that's a little bit of a paradox. You can't stand someone for ruining another person you stand, can you? Uh, if, if you just lo- if you love drama, you can. Oh, okay. Well, so we have to put <laughs> ourselves back into the high school mindset. Yeah, okay. Eat that eat that drama up. That's true. I think the most important question we're forgetting to ask here is who won the volleyball game at the end of the movie. <laughs> Good question. I, I don't right. have the answer. I'm just I'm I don't wondering. Know. That's something that should have been answered. Like the, the whole volleyball team should have been outside at the end. Like yeah. watching and or celebrating, like yeah, we we beat Central, and then that's like I guess that's there. Grace Killer still on the loose. Have that newspaper is like <laughs> it's, on, it's the secondary headline. Girls volleyball wins four two underneath crazed girl on the loose. Right, that's how it should have been. Oh, that's how you you end the movie. She gets away right because Riley beats the shit out of her right, and then she she goes to the police. She's in here. She's in here. Hurry. And then, and then the police <laughs> rush in, you know, guns drawn, and she's gone. Kyla's gone. That's the, that's yeah. how you end it. And then, like you said, you have the the, the spinning newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> a la you know everything circa two thousand. And or, yeah, or you go full Halloween and just have like just shots of like the neighborhood at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like empty streets with the music playing. That would be so cool, man. And yeah, that I would love. Oh, that would have been so much better of an ending than what how they ended it. <laughs> I do appreciate the cliffhanger ending, though, of her coming back and seeking vengeance. Do you think it's her, or is it just kind of? Like, That's what we're led in, to believe, right? I guess so. Or is it in like in Chris's mind? Could be. Also, before we get into it, I hope one of you gentlemen could assist me with this. At the end, uh, Chris and Riley have moved again, right? Mm-hmm. Riley is now going to college. Yes. Throughout the whole movie, we only ever see Chris with one car. It's the beat up. <laughs> I was thinking this too. <laughs> right? Riley, How's he getting to school? Yes, because Riley <laughs> takes the Dodge, and I just I wanted him to like like all right, sweetheart, you know, have fun, you know, have a great first day, and remember, be safe. And she drives away, and he's just kind of like smiling. And the last line of the the movie would have been. How do I get to work? And then boom, cut to black. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping that because now they kind of, he kind of gave her the keys of like, yep, it's your car now that they've they've planned for that situation. But yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same exact thing when I was writing my notes. It's like, mm, how's he getting to work? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the major problem in this movie. Yeah. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right, Dan, what uh what do you got? Going to give a shout out to our friends, Brittany and Tia, and their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. If you are a f- fan of Top Ten lists, this is the podcast for you. Go to geekvibesnation.com, type in Top Ten with Tia. They're also on YouTube, I believe. Just search Top Ten with Tia. should pop right up. And 
Go check them out on Twitter at TC underscore Stark and at Itty Bitty Brit. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for My Teacher, My Obsession. We open on a dark school as a custodian does some cleaning, then goes to his locker to call it a night. Suddenly he hears a noise, grabs a flashlight, and goes to investigate. He sees a light on in one of the classrooms and follows it, then hears a girl scream. He opens the door to the classroom and finds a girl sitting on the floor in obvious distress. He tells her that he's going to get some help. And then when he walks down the hall, another girl jumps up out of nowhere, grabs him with a pair of bloody hands and tells him to run. Those are perfect come... bloody hands on the shirt, by the way. Yep, exactly. Couldn't have put placed them there if you tried. Credits roll and then we come out of them. Chris and Riley pull up to school in a beat up pickup. Chris is the teacher and Riley is his daughter. Riley is mad that they picked up and moved while she had friends back home. And Chris tells her that he needed the move to get his life back on track. He gets out of the car and she says she's going to wait so they don't go into the school together. And then at some sort of function in the auditorium and other girls taking pictures of everyone, when a self-absorbed popular girl tells her to take her picture for the yearbook, photographer girl relents and then the popular girl talks about Chris, Mr. Sumner, the new English teacher, and how he's a piece of meat worth biting into. Says she'll have him wrapped around her finger in two days. Very confident girl, Trisha. You go, Trish. It's a weird thing to say. (laughs) She's confident. Well, she's girl bossing. Yeah, but she's talking about trying to bang a teacher. (laughs) Look, you know, I know rock stars always sing about those evil teens (laughs) that try and get into their pants all the time. You know, 16 year olds. Too many songs about 16 year olds, but I just don't think it happens this way. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's very true. I I, so now this leads me to. And I don't feel so bad about how I was thinking during the movie as well, because like, well, if I were Chris, this would have been game over immediately, and I wouldn't have lasted very long in that school because my willpower is shit. Again, just so we're clear, if this were to happen in real life, everyone kind of, like, this is frowned upon. So I guess you just have to suspend disbelief here a little bit. Is that what we're getting at? Just suspend disbelief? Yes. Okay. We're suspending disbelief and assuming that there is a chance that, you know, hormones are grown crazy for these kids. Who knows? I'm sure 
I never had a super attractive teacher, but I'm sure it happens where you're like, man, I wish I could fuck that teacher. Oh, yeah. I, I think we've all been there in one way or the other. It just it never leads to anything good. I know that. Yes. It, it's a bad time for everybody involved is yeah. essentially yes. OK, as, as long <laughs> as we draw that line and we can kind of just say anything after this is clearly, you know, it, it's all it's all fun and games. Sure. Mr. Sumner teaches his first class and tries to talk to his class about the book they will be reading. And he gets interrupted by the self-absorbed popular girl, Trisha, typing away at her phone, making an Instagram post. Then he tries to be the super cool teacher, just short of sitting in his chair backwards by telling everyone to take out their phones and show him their favorite songs. So he goes around the room where everyone has artists from 2018, like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Big Sean, Ed Sheeran. But the photographer girl who is wearing overalls and glasses like she's a character from a Freddie Prince Jr. movie has the Beatles on her phone. And Mr. Sumner calls her out for having the Beatles and then accuses them of stealing black music, which kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't I, I looked it up. I don't think they've ever done that. Like, look, I think rock and roll is deep seated in the like Delta blues of, you know, black of artists of, of the 40s and 50s. but. Like you can, I think you have a better argument for like Elvis Presley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My my wife was getting angry at me. I was like, the Beatles never stole. Like they they've always given like props to like oh these were their inspirations. Like Dan, it's a movie. Well, I know that. (laughs) Do they know? They don't know that. (laughs) Yeah. It just doesn't fit her vibe. No. And again, that's why I thought this was a revenge movie. (laughs) <laughs> like i don't want to say the cure again because we mentioned them on repo the genetic opera but like maybe like the smiths or joy division that would have been like something that you could it's like oh she i could see kyla or repping you know okay yeah yeah some morrissey something like that yeah that would have fit the vibe a little bit better yeah but then Kyler retaliates by saying that artists all rip each other off and that his cool teacher act is basically ripping off other cool teachers. So he backs off and says that he wants to be a teacher that kids could come and talk and chill with. Then the bell rings and the class dismisses. Kyla, the photography student, leaves. She turns around and sees Mr. Sumner wave to Riley, but she thinks he waved to her. And she gives a weird look as Trisha then comes up to Mr. Sumner and starts chatting him up. Kyla then goes to the computer lab and finds Riley there. And the girls chat a little bit about their respective art interests. Riley likes to draw and Kyla likes photography. Riley then reveals that her dad is Mr. Sumner, which is weird that she'd be in his English class. I'm not sure if there's any technical rule, but it just feels like it shouldn't be. Riley asks her not to tell anyone that she's Mr. Sumner's daughter, and Kyla asks if they could study together sometime. And then after school, Kyla takes pictures of Mr. Sumner and Riley as they leave school, real creepy-like. No, no red flags at all. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, zero. Yep. And it's just like out in the open, too. Like, remember in, was it Stock by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge, where he's taking pictures of the student? Yeah. Oh, like, like out in the open. <laughs> in the open behind like one small tiny tree. It's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Just not not caring who. Well, I think she plays again. She's really manipulative. So she'll, she'll she knows she can play that off if someone <laughs> someone went to question her. Yeah. She's just taking pictures for the yearbook. She's always got a camera in her hand. Exactly. Yeah. Do we also do we ever know whether she's telling the truth or not about her getting into was Emerson? I think for all intents and purposes, she it's does. Bullshit. Oh, really? No, I, I think for all intents and purposes, she does. Like, we have no okay. reason to think that she didn't, besides that she's just a liar. Right, which is a 
I thought would be a big reason. <laughs> right? We, we don't see the, the letter of acceptance. Yeah, I don't know. It really is really not much of a plot point. No, I was just curious if because it's no, another I mean, layer it's, of it's fair. It's you can make that assumption based on her, but like it doesn't come into play. It's never a reveal either. Sure, that's yeah. True. And her reasoning is like my mom doesn't want me to leave yet. Is yeah. actually probably like a reasonable, realistic reason mm-hmm. for for not telling your mom you got in. Right. Yeah. Somewhere. Um, it's not like it's St. Lawrence. Yeah. Or Sarah Lawrence, I'm sorry. Sarah Lawrence. Sarah Lawrence, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Back home, Chris asks if Riley made any friends, and Riley mentions Kyla, and he says that he thought Kyla was very smart, and he approves of his daughter being friends with her. That's where you're wrong, Chris. Kyla goes home and finds her mom on an exercise bike, pedaling her ass off. After some prodding, Kyla's mom tells her that she has a date with a guy that she met at the grocery store, but she doesn't want to tell Kyla anything until it becomes serious. By the way, did that one rule we usually have here is when a character is said to have met someone randomly and starts dating them that it absolutely has to be another main character. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, why would they introduce anyone else? Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, they tried to hide it, but everybody's like watching. This should be like, oh, it's, it's clearly going to be the teacher. Sure. They have a conversation about Kyla only applying to one college, and then we get the obligatory don't worry, she's legal moment where Kyla mentions that she's 18 and ready to make her own decisions. And then at night, Kyla fantasizes about Mr. Sumner coming into her bed and having sex with her, 100% masturbating. And then the next day, Kyla goes to Riley's house to study, and she asks about her mom. Riley mentions that her mom cheated on her dad. That's why they moved, probably because he's just so dumb. (laughs) <laughs> and it was for so long too yeah so he it probably like, it was under his nose and he just couldn't figure it out it was yeah. for a really really long time of course yeah <laughs> which which checks out yeah oh big time yeah this guy he's all muscles no brain <laughs> he probably kept catching her but just kept forgetting what's <laughs> this, this keeps this walking so in weird. on them keeps walking in on them. what's the meaning of this <laughs> <laughs> like chris this is the second time this week <laughs> I'm just so blindsided. This is, I'm going to out myself here, but there are certain quote unquote movies where people are doing that with the other person still in the bed. I I don't know what these movies are called off the top of my head. That's something that would have happened to Chris, where the wife is just literally having the time of her life with Chris sleeping next to her and like, "Eh, (laughs) not knowing what's going on. Yeah, I'm assuming, yeah. I don't know what those movies are either. Yeah, you know what? The name escapes me. I think it's very niche, so don't even worry about it. Yeah. Then she says that he also wanted, he just wanted to get a fresh start. So Kyla feels bad about prying, then tells Riley that her dad left when she was six. So she has dad issues, guys. This is where this comes into play. Riley then excuses herself to go to the bathroom before studying, and Kyla sneaks up to Chris's bedroom and starts sniffing his bedsheets like a normal person would. Must be, Kyle, Riley must be taking a shit. <laughs> Dropping yeah, some yeah. friends off at the pool for <laughs> Kyla to have that much time. I wish they would have shown a little bit more of that scene, because then it just does a hard cut. Mm-hmm. So I, you're, talking I, I about, you're talking about Kyla sniffing, yes. sniffing the bed, the bed sheet. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to see Riley <laughs> doing her business. Just pushing one out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right out. <laughs> I don't know. It added comedic value to a certain series I watched today. Oh, sure, yeah. Just someone yelling on the toilet. <laughs> no, I, I just I thought it would be, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see if maybe she gets caught and how she tries to. I, I just want to see her work her way out of every situation because she's <laughs> so good at it, Kyla. Yeah. 
<laughs> she'll just have to pull out her camera. I'm just taking pictures for the yearbook. <laughs> you know, I think my you know my mom has this bed. I just wanted to I just wanted to see you know take a picture of it for old time's sake. I don't know, but she's she's really good at it. She's much better than I am, obviously, because that's a, yeah. a shit way of <laughs> escaping it. And Riley would just believe it. She's like, "Yep, that checks out." Yep. Oh yeah, it, it just must run in the family. <laughs> The Sumner family. Yeah. At school the next day, Mr. Sumner is apparently teaching his class about Bob Dylan's blowing in the wind when Trisha starts to sexually harass him in front of the entire class. And Kyla rolls her eyes at Riley, who laughs under her breath. Later, Trisha comes up to Riley, who is studying outside at a lunch table and starts trying to be all buddy-buddy with her. Kyla sees this and eavesdrops from the school doorway. Tells Riley that she knows her dad is Mr. Sumner then tells Riley that she shouldn't hang out with Kyla because Trisha says she's never had a boyfriend, insinuating that Kyla may be interested in Riley sexually. Riley says that her and Kyla are just friends, so Trisha tells her to be her shopping buddy and puts her number in Riley's phone. After Trisha leaves, Kyla comes up to Riley and pushes her, demanding to know what Trisha said about her. Kyla then tells Riley that Trisha is dangerous because she may have gotten involved with a teacher last year that caused that teacher to get fired. She doesn't want to see that happen to her dad. So after school, Kyla calls Riley to ask her what her birthday is for the yearbook, and she tells her it's in October, so it's coming up. Kyla tells her she should throw a party for her 18th birthday, and after some convincing, Riley agrees to let Kyla help her throw one. Kyla then asks if Riley's dad has had a problem with students coming on to him. Riley says no, he's not that kind of guy, and he's actually seeing someone that he met at the grocery store. Then Kyla starts to put it together, and at that moment, the doorbell rings, and Kyla answers it, and sure enough, it's Mr. Sumner. They exchange awkward pleasantries, and Kyla lets him in, and they tell Kyla's mom that Mr. Sumner is actually Kyla's English teacher. They ask Kyla if she is comfortable with her mom and Mr. Sumner go on a date, and she says it's fine, and then she takes the flowers Mr. Sumner brought to put in a vase. And then she puts it in a vase and then Kyla brings them back over and then purposely just spills it all the water onto Mr. Summer soaking his shirt. This scene in particular definitely felt like a stalked by my doctor scene. <laughs> sure. Right where uh, was it? Uh, Eric Roberts would just show up with the, the flowers and sweet talk his way into the, the woman's life. And now again, roles are reversed where he he would be trying to, to bang the daughter and the daughter yeah. is trying to get away. So some parallels there. I wonder if they took notes from those that series. If they're smart, they did. Because <laughs> every single one is a gem. Yeah, you have to see a bad one. <laughs> we'll see in September when we watch another one. <laughs> it's getting to be that time of the year again. It's the most wonderful time of the year. He says he doesn't have a backup shirt, so Kyla just suggests that they just have the date at home. So they do, and Kyla joins them for dinner, which is weird. I just realized it's water. It'll dry. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, they could go. By the time they get to the restaurant, it'll be dry. It's like, just put the shirt in, in the dryer or something. Or like, if there's an, if it's not dry clean only, like an iron or something. Right. Yeah, problem solved. Yeah. You see, and Chris it, wanted this. He subconsciously knew what was happening and wanted it. Yeah, 100%. He's not an innocent, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, those pesky teens always trying to get in your pants. Who hasn't seen that? Well, I, who, who amongst us hasn't had that problem? Yeah, uh, I will go out and say officially on this podcast, I do not have that problem. FBI, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I will not go on record and say that. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be seen as well, I don't even know. Uh, it's not even cool, really. So I, I can't say oh, that. 
No, not right. at all. Nope. All right. Taking it back. Well, I a also. Lot of, a lot of silence from the other side of the, the these, uh, yeah. these mics. Yeah. As, as soon as I it came out of my mouth, I realized, well, this isn't good. This is not a good look. <laughs> take it back. Take it back. Yeah, we are we're not avoiding the landmines that come with talking about this movie. <laughs> not not right now. Listen again, swing for the fences, man. <laughs> so they do, and Kyla joins them for dinner. And Mr. Sumner says that his full-time job as an English teacher is actually more of a hobby when compared to how he treats raising his daughter Riley. Oh, go <laughs> fuck yourself, Chris. What a fucking line. He's, He's not trying... even that good of a dad. Yeah, I mean, 100%. That is absolutely true when we see that from the events of this movie. Also, he's a single a single parent on a teacher's salary, and he lives in a baller house. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where Where is he at? I don't know. Maybe he's getting some alimony checks from the wife. No, maybe. No, he would be too stupid to get that. That's probably... He's still probably paying her alimony. He's paying her. Yeah, absolutely. Their attorney would just run circles over him. Yeah. He thought it'd be a good idea to represent himself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he knows English well. <laughs> He's like, I've read, I've read To Kill a Mockingbird. I think I have this <laughs> down pat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he saw the movie. It was, it was on mute, but he got the gist of it. <laughs> I saw Matlock in a bar Matlock. last night. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Mr. Sumner asks about Kyla's plans for school, and she tells him that she wants to go to Emerson for journalism slash photography. And her mom says that it's the only school she's applied to. Kyla then says she knows what she wants, just like Trisha. So they're not, they're like cut from the same cloth. It's exactly what Trisha said. Kyla then excuses herself to go finish her homework, and she notices that Mr. Sumner and her mom are getting closer, and she starts to get panicky when she gets back to her room. Later in the night, Mr. Sumner and Kyla's mom start getting handsy on the couch, and Kyla screams and comes downstairs, saying that there was someone outside of her window looking at her on the second floor. So Mr. Sumner goes outside, but he doesn't see anything. He and her mom say that they should call the cops, but Kyla says that there's nothing the cops can do because she didn't get a good look at them. So she said she asks if she can stay up with them, essentially cock blocking her mom. Then her mom goes to make tea and then her and then Kyla puts her hand on Mr. Sumner's hand while when her mom is busy making tea. And then Mr. Sumner decides to stay the night to make sure everyone is safe. In the morning, Kyla walks in on Mr. Sumner getting out of the shower. Probably not an accident. Kyla, we see you. Yep. She knew again. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Her mom makes breakfast and then Chris says he has he can bring Kyla to school. And then Kyla rolls her eyes hard when Chris and her mom kiss. So Chris and Kyla go to pick up Riley, and they talk a little bit about photojournalism in college, saying it's risky to only apply to one school. But Kylie says that she's already gotten into Emerson, but she hasn't told her mom yet because her mom hasn't come to terms with Kyla leave for school just yet. Riley then shows up and asks who died, which I thought was just a funny line. It was just a weird sitcom transition. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually reserved for something a little bit more lighthearted than this. Yeah. Uh, in the photo lab, Kyla gives Riley an attitude about Riley hanging out with Trisha. Riley tells her that Trisha says that Kyla was actually the girl who had a thing with a history teacher last year. And Kyla tells her she can leave if she chooses to believe someone like Trisha over her. Later, Kyla, Kyla throws Trisha up against a locker in the hallway, telling her to stay away from Riley. <laughs> Completely Trisha. normal behavior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is starting to see where the uh, it's kind of starting to come apart at the seams. Trisha tells her she doesn't appreciate having lies told about her and calls Kyla a stalker as she leaves. Kyla, at night, then decides to take some su- suggestive photos of herself with her phone while in bed. 
the next day at school, when Riley tries to apologize to Kyla, Kyla opens up her locker to reveal a whole bunch of the photos printed out and placed there, spilling out all over the hallway. Kyla, Again, upset. It's pretty incredible that she was yeah. able to do that at night, get the, all those pictures somehow into her locker without anyone seeing. Yeah. And pull that off. She's again, she is a mastermind, guys. Yeah. Think of all the ink she used too to print out those pictures. Right. This is incredible. Like, this is dangerous how far she's willing to go. Mm -hmm. Especially because I couldn't tell if the red that was across the photos was like in the Photoshop thing or if she hand wrote. I think she hand wrote. She hand, uh, yeah, that's a good point, Mark. She probably hand wrote it, which would have taken a while. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't take half measures. Nope. Hey honey, what are you doing with that entire stack of papers? <laughs> oh, it's a project. Don't worry about it, mom. It's for <laughs> photography class. It's your photography class. It's art, mom, all right? You don't understand. Do you also I'm probably delving a little too deeply into this. Don't you think people would have recognized her handwriting? Um I mean if they, they do a formal investigation that might come up, but I don't know if anybody's gonna be like Anybody that's looking at it is probably not like, oh, let's get that's yeah. totally her handwriting. That's yeah. Again, I'm probably delving too deep into it. That's the first thing I would have done, though, guys. Just let me know that. <laughs> I would have matched it up because <laughs> you don't tr- you don't trust women. <laughs> this girl's a liar. <laughs> but I don't I don't trust that woman. I'll say oh. that. How's that? Well, sure. We don't have we do have the advantage of knowing that she she was the one that took these pictures. Right. Our our perspective is skewed. How great would it have been if one of like the side characters like Quentin was an undercover sleuth or something like that? <laughs> right. Cause she hangs out with Trisha. He hangs out with Trisha. Right. Yeah. So he's trying to free Trisha, like uh, clear her name. So he goes undercover and all that. And he's, you know, he's in a different computer lab. I guess there's another computer lab in the school and he's yeah. doing the forensics and all that. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> Kyla. Upset, grabs a few of the pictures and storms off as other students help themselves to the printouts. She goes to, Ms. to Mr. Sumner and shows him what some of the other kids have done. And then he gives her a reassuring touch on the arm. And Riley walks in to see this and then slinks back out without either of them seeing. At home, Kyla's mom tells her she's going to go to the school the next day and demand an investigation. Kyla says she'd rather put it behind her. And then her mom is concerned about this after what happened last year. And Kyla assures her the photos were just for her. They weren't meant for anyone else. And then Kyla, Kyla tells her mom she got into Emerson and her mom is actually happy for her and excited. She says she'll be sad, but Chris, she has Chris, so she won't be completely lonely. But Kyla makes her mom promise that she won't ignore anything if something sketchy happens with Chris, which I bet nothing will happen. Nope. Nope. That's <laughs> perfectly fine. Yep. At school, Kyla walks into the computer lab and sees Riley. Riley apologizes and Kyla also apologizes says that she's grown an attachment to Riley's dad because her mom has had a history of attracting lame boyfriends. She also admits that she was the girl that had an incident with the history teacher last year and the photos are from being pressured to take them by that teacher. And then she says they she thinks Trisha got a hold of them somehow and they make up and Kyla says that Riley might be the best friend she's ever had. At the end of the school day, Mr. Sumner offers Kyla a ride home and says Riley is staying after school for an after school activity. He drives her home and she takes a picture of him for the yearbook as she says, quote unquote. I don't believe this one out. Then he says he'll see her later that night because he and her mom are going to hang out and Kyla rolls her eyes and gets out of the car. 
And then Chris has a talk with Riley before he leaves. And she tells him that she's starting to get you new school. At Kyla's house, her mom gets ready to go out with Chris. And Kyla sees his phone on her mom's dresser and picks it up and shows her mom a string of texts from Trisha saying rather suggestive things. Basically, like she's going to jill off in the class and he wants her to watch. Her mom confronts Sumner, yelling at him, telling him she hopes he gets fired. Chris denies all the allegations that he's ever texted with a student, let alone touch a student. Kyla listens from upstairs as her mom kicks him out. Chris sits in his car outside, still trying to wrap his head around what just happened when Kyla knocks on his window and motions for him to unlock the door. He does as she sits in the truck and starts asking him questions about if he was lying about Trisha and getting very touchy-feely. It makes no sense that he would admit to talking to Trisha. I feel like it takes away from the, the movie a little bit. Wouldn't it have been better if he he's like, yeah, I never did this. I never did this. And it, it it would just make it his fall a little bit more surprising, I think. Well, because if he's if he is getting these messages, it, it kind of one thing would lead to another, I think. Sure. I think, again, if you read this, if you read this movie as if this is his deposition, it 100% would track that he would like relent and give up that detail. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, no, she did, but I didn't respond. It, it I, doesn't <laughs> matter, dude. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's something you, you deny, deny, deny. <laughs> yeah. But he admits that Trisha had texted him before, but he never replied to her. And then Car- Kyla starts to get a little more familiar with her hands. Chris barely putting up a fight until she eventually straddles him and forces a kiss on him. Again, him barely putting up a fight. And then when she uh, stops kissing him, she says, consider that my thesis statement. And then girl bosses the hell out of the truck. Icon, Kyla. I, I didn't realize that there was a thesis that was being <laughs> done in his class. Oh, right? Wouldn't her- that have been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but no. maybe. Oh, I, I'm sorry. That was another thing I I laughed so hard in this movie because she would get rebuked. Kyla would get rebuked a number of times in this movie where she would ask a question and then just totally get shut down. Like, like I got to go find my daughter. Was you saying your daughter is more important than me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, she would just get shot down a bunch of times. Like, oh, this is great. I love how they, everyone just gives her these totally sane answers that she's not expecting. <laughs> Maybe, so that's her thesis statement, and everything else after that that takes place in this movie is her thesis, you know? Okay. Is her paper, basically. So she would Her fail. thesis statement, Kiss, is like, that's my thesis statement. Now I'm about to show you everything that backs up that thesis statement. Oh, so this these are my uh, my citations, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I almost said something incredibly wrong for that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I caught myself. I'm learning, guys. There you go. It's all grown up. <laughs> she goes back into her room and pulls out the phone that she used to send those texts as Trisha, then breaks it in half and gleefully jumps onto her bed. At school the next day, Trisha comes up to Mr. Sumner during a test for some quote-unquote help. Mm, we see you, Trisha, mm. on one of the questions, bending forward as much as possible to put her low-cut top to work. While I'm kind she of surprised does, she didn't wear a skirt. Right? My like, oops, I dropped something. <laughs> Trisha, full-court press. Your grades can't be that terrible, Trisha. You're getting scholarships. That, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, oh, I want to know. And also, I want to know what the, the question was for number eight yeah. on the test, because they keep talking about it. Yep. <laughs> While she does, Kyla gives Mr. Sumner his jacket back, which he left the night before. 
Trish takes this as Kyla marking her territory and goes back to her seat in a huff. Then the principal comes to the door with a couple of security guards and pulls Trish out of the class without telling her what's going on. And the class ends and students leave and Kyla is the last one there. She asks Mr. Sumner how he's holding up and he talks about how he's stressed out about how things went with her mom. So Kyla says maybe they weren't right for each other and that maybe he found someone better. And then she kisses him and he reacts as if the night before didn't just happen. And then Kyla leaves. In the hall, Riley and Kyla talk about Trisha getting taken away. And then one of the other classmates tells Riley that they can't wait for her party. Kyla gets mad that Riley is friends with the kid whom she calls a turd. And Riley retaliates, saying she's allowed to have other friends other than Kyla, and then storms off. That night, Kyla gets ready to leave to go to Riley's party. When she finds her mom stress baking and drinking wine, her mom tells her that they found a phone in Trisha's locker that had the pictures of Kyla on it. Her mom told the principal to let her have it in terms of Trisha's punishment. And then Kyla tells her mom that she's going to find a better man than hands off to the party. At the party, Kyla shows up and gives Riley a sketchbook and a flask of alcohol, telling her no one should turn 18 sober. And then Kyla sneaks upstairs and finds Mr. Sumner in the bedroom. So she starts giving him a back massage, which he doesn't stop. She starts kissing him on the neck, which he doesn't stop. And then she starts taking off his clothes, which he doesn't stop. Finally, she tells him to be a man, and he pulls her dress off and picks her up and tosses her on the bed where they continue to make out. And he is 100% ready to go to Pound Town. Then Riley walks in to find them in various states of undress, so Riley storms out, and her dad chases after her. This says a lot about me, where my first thing I thought was, why isn't that door locked? (laughs) Sure. I did think about that, too. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, maybe, like, maybe this is, I feel like this is all another, this is Kyla's plan. Maybe, oh, man, maybe she unlocked the door. I want to make sense. Well, no, she she was the one that closed the door, though. Right. She specifically didn't lock it, though. So do you think she was hoping that Riley would catch them? Probably not, right? Because that that ruined, that dried everything right up. I don't know what's going on in that crazy head of hers, Kyla. Yeah. Man, it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. And what's That's Riley doing? This is Yeah. What's Riley doing up there? You know? She just right. storms into her dad's room. She was going to share the alcohol with him. Maybe. Dad, come take a hit. <laughs> and they wind up making a whole scene in front of everyone at the party. He tries to cha- change the subject about her drinking, and she basically tells him he's ruined her life, and she leaves. And he tells all the party goers to go home, and then go. he goes back upstairs. Back in the bedroom, Kyla tells Mr. Sumner that Riley's just drunk and that she has a bit of a drinking problem, and then tells him she'll come back, but they have the whole house to themselves and pick up where they left off. <laughs> Which is a crazy thing to say at this moment. <laughs> he says he needs to go find Riley, and she accuses him of thinking that Riley is more important than she is, which, of course... She also mentions to him that he never asked her how old she was, which great point, Kyla icon. Yeah, that that did kind of hit me too. Like, oh shit, they don't they don't mention it. No, they mention it, but he's never asked. He doesn't. When know do that they mention did. it? She, they mention it twice in this I movie. Know, they mention it. it the first ten minutes that she's eighteen, and then she mentions mm-hmm. that she held she. So she tells her mom, "I'm eighteen. I can make my own decisions." Then she tells oh, okay. she tells Riley she got left back in elementary school, so she's actually 18. And then at this moment is the third time they mention that she is 18. At every point in the story, she mentions that she's 18, except to- except to Chris. Yeah, yeah. Chris is the um, only person that she's never like just dropped that. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm completely 18. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that was on purpose, just to see how far he'd take it. Well, yeah, and then so she could say this iconic line. Again, Kyla, iconic. She says, pick up the jaw, sugar, I'm legal. 
<laughs> oh, it's so many cringy when she calls him baby sugar. Ooh, my skin crawled. What? Uh, what's that, Mark? I didn't. I I'm didn't sorry. I said at least she didn't call him daddy. Well, she point. was like thirty seconds away from it if Riley hadn't walked in. True. I, I think I realized one of the things I don't like about this movie is how Kyla tries to have her cake and eat it too, where she wants to be friends with Riley and bang Riley's dad. And you can't have both. You have to have one or the other, I think. I think she's just using Riley as a means to an end to get to her father. Obviously, Riley becomes expendable at the end. Who's well, willing she, to kill it. She always gets upset whenever she's talking to someone else. Yeah, I mean, because I think she just wants nobody else interfering. Because mm-hmm. I think she treats everybody else as a threat. She treats okay. she Obviously, she treats Trisha as a threat. She treats Riley being in Chris's life as a threat. She just says it right here. She treats her mom as a threat. That's true. I, I, I like if you're Kyla, you would want her to be preoccupied with Trisha going to the mall or, you know, just hanging out. Because that I, means the, the more time she's away, the more time you have alone with Chris. Yeah, but I don't think she's in a position to have that alone time with Chris yet. OK. Yeah. So I think she feels like. The more people that are in Riley's world, that makes more people in Chris's world, the more competition. And the less time she has with Riley, ergo, more time she has, less time she has with Chris. And we're also forgetting one big plot point is that she's batshit crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So that it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. She's obsessive in general. Yeah. Yeah. But again, pick up the jaw, sugar, I'm legal. Iconic line. Uh, Then he leaves to go look for Riley. Meanwhile, Kyla just sits in his house and throws a picture of Riley on the floor saying, you are not taking him away from me, which I love. I love that. I love the ADR sound of the glass breaking when she slams (laughs) the photo to the ground. Sure. Because obviously that that photo was a glass frame and not plastic ones like they sell today. Yeah. The next day, Kyla's mom gets a text from Riley saying they need to talk, which I couldn't get over that there was a grammatical error in this text message. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, thank God. This too. It, what is it? It Riley? This, uh, yeah, it's either this Riley or it Riley. Yeah, we need to talk. <laughs> Some poor PA just lost their job for that. Yeah. And at school, Chris tries to talk to Riley, who runs away from him. During class, Chris teaches a lesson on Ray Bradbury's short stories and asks the students about any of the stories that they had read. Kyle is the only one that raises her hand and talks about the foghorn and her interpretation of it. And then he shames her for having a superficial, obvious take on it. The class lets out and Kyla approaches him about how he treated her in class. Then Kyla's mom comes in, storming in, telling Kyla to grab her things. And when Chris tries to talk to her, Kyle's mom gives him two incredible slaps across the face and then leaves with Kyla. I think one of those was actually real. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if that was two separate slaps or the same slap at different angle. Like they had two cameras on it or something. Right. I think it's two because he like after the second one, he kind of has to he braces himself against the desk after. OK, I didn't notice that. Yeah. All of this with Riley watching who could only shake her head at his her dad and walk away. As they leave, Kyla's mom tells her she cannot have a relationship with her teacher. Kyla tells her mom that she's just jealous and that she's 18 and she could do what she wants. Her mom then realizes that everything with the phone and Trisha probably didn't even happen. 
Kyle tells her mom to find a new distraction that doesn't interfere with her life and storms off trying to get a hold of Mr. Sumner on the phone. Chris, meanwhile, is having a moment in his backyard when Riley comes over and tells him he's ruining her life, his life, and his career. And he cries about how he's been so confused after her mom left on or some bullshit, and then just they sort of just make up. It's such a bad excuse. Um, ever since your mom left. Yeah. Okay, buddy. I'm lost. Yeah, this doesn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't had sex in a really long time. That's what it really boiled down to. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even put it in her. Like, <laughs> do you know what be some dry like? humping, I swear. Do you know what blue balls is like for a guy? <laughs> You'll understand this when you're older. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyla calls Trisha and they meet at the school. Trish, Trisha tells Kyla that she had nothing to do with the phone and the pictures and she can't prove it, but she knows Kyla's really behind it. And that she lost scholarships because of the whole situation, you little bitch. So Kyla tries to egg Trisha on to hitting her. And when she doesn't, Kyla just starts slapping and punching herself right in the face, telling Trisha that Chris is hers. And loving it, by the way. She's smiling oh, the entire she's time. she's having a great time. So iconic, that Kyla. <laughs> I, man, I, I can't get behind this. <laughs> I can't get behind this movement. <sighs> Chris and Riley pull up, and Kyla goes over to a metal chair and breaks her own fingers in it. So iconic. And then calls for Chris to help her, saying Trish broke her fingers. I can't believe there's no witnesses to this. <laughs> and again, I, I just, if you're Chris, and you know how manipulative she is, why are you taking Kyla's side here? See, the thing is, you're making a leap in judgment that Chris recognizes how manipulative that she is. And he's an idiot, so yeah. <laughs> so he has no idea, right? And at, at Riley, 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 should Riley should know. Yeah, Riley should be. I think she is. Like the scene in the hospital makes me believe that she doesn't trust Kyla anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's just trying to get her dad out of the situation. Trish is left to the wolves. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy, she. Enjoy we never see Trish. her again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She. For all we know, she's in. She's in jail <laughs> now. For assault. Uh, yep. And the cops come and they haul off Trisha in a squad car. And the look on Trisha's face isn't like <laughs> abject horror or anything, like crying. It's just that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. I would watch a sequel that is Trisha trying to get her revenge on Kyla. Ooh, like a Cape Fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's or like Patience one. Revenge. Yeah. That would be pretty great. Just the, the opening shot is Trisha doing pull-ups and sit-ups in her jail cell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we got to make this. Kylie gets taken to the hospital, and her mom completely believes that Trisha beat the shit out of her. And she apologizes to her mom about what she said earlier and tells her that she'll stay away from Mr. Sumner. It, going back to the fight, despite the fact that it looks like Trisha has never laid hands on anyone in her life. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, right? It, and we've seen in that... Ep- not an episode... We've seen a scene, or we watched a scene, where Kyla put hands on Trisha, and there were witnesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think more people would take Trisha's side. Yeah, Tr- Trisha is definitely all bark. Yeah, yes. she's not getting, she's not ruining her her manicure. No. no, 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 and her awesome denim jacket. Yeah, she's like uh, she's like Joey in Ten Things I Hate About You. You know. She's oh, like, right. she's got a nose spray commercial tomorrow. She can't. I, I think it's more of the chase for her than the actual conquest. She's a lover, not a fighter. Iconic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many iconic people in this movie. And that's what makes it so good. <laughs> that's what will make the sequel even better. Yes. 
Yeah, putting just, them together. Just two powerhouses just going at it. It's like the thrill of Manila. <laughs> of teenage drama. Yeah. Trisha versus Kyla. I'd watch it. It would be uh, it would be a good what do they what do they call those uh, a, a good double feature to like King Kong versus Godzilla too. Yes, exactly. Kyla's mom leaves and Riley comes in and tells Kyla that her dad now realizes that he needs help and she's going to go help him and he's never going to see Kyla again. Kyla says she understands but asks Riley to do her a favor and cover the girls' volleyball game for her because she's stuck in the hospital for the night. Riley begrudgingly goes and then Kyla all out. Asks to talk with her dad one more time. So Riley leaves and Chris comes in and Kyla says she's convinced her mom and Riley that nothing is going on between them. And so now they can continue with their little secret. He tells her that there's nothing going on between them. And if he has to quit his job to stay away from her, he's going to go clean out his desk tonight. So he goes to the school and Riley is there to cover the volleyball game. He calls her and leaves her message telling her to meet him in his classroom. He wants to talk to her. So Riley walks down the hallway and Kyla pops up from out of nowhere and tells her that she can't let Riley come between her and her dad. So then she stabs Riley in the stomach with a scalpel she stole from the hospital. And then Kyla then goes to his classroom and basically tries to rape Chris at knife point. You think Kyla killed anyone in the hospital? Um, I don't think so. Or she just snuck away. She slinked out. Yeah, because nobody knew. Yeah. Again, he doesn't try super hard to resist either. Until she tells him that she had to get rid of Riley so they could be together and that she'll give him another Riley. She's like, put a baby in me. (laughs) Such a great line. I missed that line. That's creepy. (laughs) So he finally pushes her off and she stumbles over his desk. He goes to take the knife from her and she kicks him and he flops like a fish and hits his head on the desk. That's where she says, oh, no, Chris. (laughs) It's such a bad line read, but it's so funny. (laughs) Oh, no, Chris. Just really like feigning interest, really. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sarcastic. Yeah. I wonder if if no one was there, if like the oh, no, but she yells out because I was going to say, well, why not just go there? You know, he's unconscious. That's Mm. your chance. I guess he needed to be awake. Are you saying why didn't she rape him when he was unconscious? Right. I mean, that she's <laughs> she was going to do it at knife point. What's the difference? I, su- I suppose. I mean, rape. Uh, yeah, I guess when you're when you've crossed that threshold. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. willing to kill for this guy. There's nothing like everything is on the table. I'd imagine. <laughs> I get. Uh, yeah. I mean, I never really thought about it. I, I, I'm not saying that I, it's a, you know, I prefer that or anything. I'm just saying. Right. If if this is your end game, there he is. There, there, he cannot stop you now. Yeah, I got you know. I guess that's just not the way she wanted it to go down. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, he goes. So he's he's knocked out. Meanwhile, Riley is crawling around the hallway like she got her Achilles tendons cut. All the commotion arouses the custodian from the beginning, and he comes in to see Kyla lying on the floor, injured. So he goes to get help. He jumps up and follows after him. When he gets to Riley, who tells him to run like at the beginning, Kyla then cuts his throat from behind. Kyla then starts to go after Riley, and this leads to a chase. Kyla now in Michael Myers mode as she steadily walks after a hobbled Riley. Eventually, Riley ducks into the dark room, and Kyla follows after her. Riley manages to knock the knife out of Kyla's hand with a tray, and then Kyla grabs her by the neck to choke her. Riley then he gets an elbow into Kyla's face and then hits her with a camera knocking the ground. On the ground, Kyla says, I'm not sorry, and Riley says, I know, and then hits her in the face with the camera one more time. Cops and paramedics eventually come, and Riley gets put in one of the ambulance, and so does Kyla. 
But Riley's dad assures Riley that it's all over. We then flash forward about a year as Riley gets ready to go to her first day of college and her dad is ready for his first day at a brand new school teaching English. I love how they show that how lazy of a teacher Chris is and that all he does is just change the name of the high school. And <laughs> no, he's working on putting his finishing touches on the syllabus, Mark. I feel like that's probably <laughs> true, though. In no, no. I know it's funny uh, because you're right, because that's exactly what he's just like. But it's like he's just acting like he's really reorganizing it. He's just like slowly deleting the first word and just replacing it with the new school's name. Yeah. <laughs> he should just save some time because he seems to go from school to school. He should just like not have this. He doesn't need the classes, the school's name on it. No, probably not. <laughs> I, I, again, he's probably going to have the same issue at this school. Do you think another crazy girl uh, stalks and tries to have sex with him? I think I don't maybe not to the point of Kyla, but someone's gonna want to do this guy. You think Trisha? <laughs> like like another Trisha? You think another, another Trisha? Another yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think and, hot people should be teachers? Is there should be there a law against it? Mm, but that it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. Oh, he's objectively hot. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. You you can't be higher than like an eight. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like a seven is pretty standard. If you're higher than an eight, then it's like, all right, man, you're you're putting the kids at risk here. <laughs> Everybody's gonna want that up in their guts. Although, you know, I I've I've had uh, I've I've seen stories, especially where I went to school, where teachers who got involved with students and they weren't exactly good looking guys. So you just you can't predict it. I guess that's true. These uh these fucked up individuals. That's true. Yeah, but it's the charisma. Yeah. That's what it is. You need. You can't have a charismatic teacher. Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe men shouldn't be teachers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then there's plenty of women that rape rape male students. That's true. That's very true. And then it, it, maybe, it's the exact opposite of this, where it's like hell yeah, that's awesome. And maybe this movie would be different. You know, maybe teleeducation everything over the computer. Right. Yeah. Not. And then there'll the be teacher. sexting and all that. There's no. Way around this, goddammit. Perverts no, no, are going to infiltrate every system. Right. Well, that's that's really, if you break it down, guys, the whole advancement of technology is just for pervs, if you think yeah. about it. Like, now our phones can just make it super duper easy to to un, like send unwanted things to other people. God damn it! We just got to start over. Yeah. Burn it all down. <laughs> Burn it all down. We flash forward about a year. They're getting ready for this new school. He gives her the keys to the truck and she drives off. And the way this movie should have ended was that that car got T-boned by Kyla or someone we <laughs> suspect was Kyla. Right. Like what yeah. would her what would her uh, one liner be, Mark, once she like T-bones uh, Riley, presumably killing her? Yeah. She'd be like, he's all mine or something yeah. like that. That's pretty good. I like that. This is my summary paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't wrote a thesis in a while. I don't even think of a thesis really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Ant's bringing us back. That's what we call a callback. There's no evidence that he has a car to get to work. But then as Riley drives off, a hooded figure watches her drive away. We assume this is Kyla ready for the sequel. And that is the end of My Teacher, My Obsession. It's, uh, we're probably going to get canceled for this episode. <laughs> we say that every time we do one of these. Yeah. Is there a, I mean, this came out in 2018, right? Yep. So there, there probably has been any talks of a sequel, I'd imagine. 
I don't. I haven't really kept up with the talk with the uh, the rumor mill for my teacher my obsession. But I mean, if I w- if anybody was, it would probably be me. Yeah, looking at the the uh, the cover art for this movie, this gives me strong Jennifer Jennifer's body vibes. Yep. Right. It, it's almost like the exact same thing. Yeah, she yeah. is in very similar pose to to uh, Megan Fox. So, but now we have we have the the sequel for this movie for My Teacher My Obsession Two, where it's Trisha's revenge. Yeah. So we we have to go with that, where Trisha is the good guy here. She's the the savior. I don't know. Is she saving Chris? I'm I'm assuming so. No, um, I would say. It's reversal. So now Kyla is the one being pursued by, by Trisha. Trisha. Okay. Trisha. Trisha's motivation is revenge, not to fuck Kyla by any means. But now Trisha is pulling the same stuff that Kyla was pulling on her, you know? And I guess you can make it more psychological, mm-hmm. right? Where Trisha is getting her revenge by doing almost the exact same things that Kyla was doing to her. Just you kind of ramp it up a little bit each time. Yeah, I, I would I would love that sequel idea. But um, is is Chris still involved in this sequel? Would you would you involve Chris? No, no. So he's so the Sumners are out of it. Yeah. Okay. So she so Kyla's kind of has she moved on or is she she's by herself? I would say maybe she's like maybe it's maybe she's in college. She's, she's so under she's a different. She's in, is she's under a different name and she falls for her professor now she's trying to get with this professor but then trisha comes in and she starts pulling some stuff okay i like that Mm -hmm. what if we you know we're talking about um we're we're talking about duels here what if it was we combine stalked by my doctor in a way where you have eric roberts mastermind going up against kyla's mastermind and like we see who's more devious Sure. Or I guess more pervy. Yeah. Yeah. You could either do one or two. (laughs) So do you, we could have two, two versions of the sequel. One's the first one we've already talked about with Trisha. And then the second one could be, he has a, like he, he's the professor at the school for some reason, Dr. uh, Whatever his name was, gets another teaching job. It's just Eric Roberts. Dr. Eric Roberts. (laughs) And then she's one of his students and he takes a liking to her. And it's sort of like sort of like hard candy. Have you ever seen hard candy with Elliot Page uh, and, and uh, with Patrick Wilson, right? Patrick Wilson? I, I haven't seen it. So he thinks he's got a new and infatu- new infatuation, but then she turns the tables on him. Or we could do like a Bride of Chucky thing here where they just team up. Mm, you could do that, too. Yeah. Like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing going here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this lends to so many sequel ideas. We could really do something with this, guys. This is our meal ticket. Meal te- my teacher, my obsession, cinematic universe. Yep. Oh, so good. <laughs> we really hit the head, uh, the, the nail on the head here, guys. Head on the nail. At the head on the nail. We nailed the head <laughs> on the nail. Yep. Well, there if you're we listening go. to this and you are a producer of my teacher, my obsession, uh, let us write this, the, this these sequels for you. And then- You've got two right here. Two that we've already figured out. I can't imagine anything more fun than writing a sequel for this right now. (laughs) Nope. That's it. That's where uh, our fun will be. I think that's it for this movie. My teacher, my obsession. Great time. Kind of uncomfortable in parts. Uncomfortable to talk about, too, without making us feel like creeps. But we did it. (laughs) 
so yeah we'll be back next week with another episode check us out on the socials if you like our show go on any of the podcatchers of your choice leave us a five-star review really helps us out and yeah that's it if you've if you're listening to this you probably know where to find us so just check out this uh that's gonna do it for us the director of my teacher my obsession damian romay so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony delvecchio telling damian romay well you certainly made a movie didn't you thanks for listening to they called us a movie subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on twitter and instagram at TicTampod. that's t-c-t-a-m pod you can also check us out on tiktok at they called us a movie